What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. Uh, I apologize for the not-so-buttery sound of my voice. I am without my standard microphone, so I'm using my laptop mic, which means this probably sounds like crap, but you can hear me, and the actual episode sounds better anyway. So uh, this is episode number 59. Uncle and I talk about a plethora of different topics. We talk about J.J. Abrams' Superman reboot. We talk about Highlander, Army of the Dead, um, quite a few different things. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention also is that we talk about the new project from Bat in the Sun called Dying is Easy. I think I mentioned it drops March 8th. It actually drops on March 10th, so that would be the Wednesday, uh, the day after this episode is coming out. So definitely check their stuff out. Dying is Easy looks fantastic. It was well-funded. It looks like it's going to be a really good project. And uh, also check out some of their other stuff. They did Superpower Beatdown and um, one of the best Batman interpretations I think I've ever seen. I, I refer to it as a fan film a few times, and it certainly is. But at the same time, it's just, I feel like that's uh, that's understating the quality of uh, City of Scars. So certainly check out their, their older uh, film called City of Scars and uh, check out Dying is Easy because I think it's going to be really good. At least I hope it is. Anyways, uh, that's all I've got. Thank you very much for listening, as always, and watching. Now you can watch us on YouTube again, because Uncle and I are uploading uh, videos. Granted, we're not on it yet. We have to get our video logistics uh, worked out. But uh, yeah, if you want to listen to this on YouTube instead, because it's easier, we'll be on YouTube now, too. So uh, you can find us at youtube.com slash welcome to your doom. Thanks, as always, for the support, guys. And uh, yeah, let's get this going, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. is going on everybody this is justin this is also and this is the welcome to your doom show i don't know the episode number i never do at the outset so i'm not going to try and say it dude how's it going good man it's going it's going it's going good you know i i enjoy the winter i enjoy i enjoy having a i having a beer outside in the snow but you know what ruins that whole thing the wind it's like a barren wasteland out there with these whipping whipping winds and it's really ruining my outdoor beer game. Whipping, whipping winds? Whipping winds. Um, whipping all over the place. I was actually, so I'm cheap. And uh, Nisha had sent me a thing for that we could get for Neha at some point. It was like a $300 thing. It's called like, pick, it's a pickler triangle. All it basically is, it's like a ladder folded. So babies can like climb on them. And then you can have like a ramp. And I think there's all kinds of shit you can hang off of it. But she had also sent me essentially a plan for building this thing. So I got all the materials from Home Depot. I got my sod. I got my my table. I got all my all my stuff to be all handy and shit. And I thought, you know what? Last night, I'll turn on the light. I'll go out in the back. Maybe I'll have a cigar. Make some wood cuts. Uh, yeah. It was so Sounds goddamn great. cold and windy yesterday that not only did I not even br- try to braid the cigar, it was going through my gloves. Like my hands yeah. were freezing. Yeah, yeah. And you I was were just huddle, you were huddling around the tip of your cigar yeah. with your life. I for just warmth. dude, I took my saw to metal just so I can get sparks to warm me. <laughs> it's 
not actually true, but <laughs> how awesome would it be if it was? Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> standing around these shaved sparks to keep warm. Uh, and you, you can catch fire that way. That's okay. That's okay. Well, it's that cold. <laughs> it really, it really is, man. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm with you on that. It's the wind that ruins everything. Yes, it could be minus yeah. 25, minus 30, whatever. If it's not windy, you can always dress for that. Yeah. I always do. It's just these la- the last like week, week and a half, just been like most of the days have just been these uh, uh, you know, whipping winds. And it's really uh, it's really put a damper on the on the outdoor, you know, snow covered beer game yeah, that, I I got, that I play sometimes on Friday and Fridays and Saturdays. So, but. Um, that being said, I've been catching up on, on a bunch of stuff. I heard, uh, I heard that, uh, in, in, in news that, that I don't think surprised anyone, and I don't think it should surprise anyone, Mm. but, uh, there's going to be a a reboot for Superman coming up and they have, uh, uh, I think, uh, the name, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but, uh, Tanahisi Coates. Uh, that's the writer and and uh, producer J.J. Abrams. Now, J.J. Here's the thing. I think J.J. has has uh, like a, a a contract or something with uh, with HBO Max. So they're they're producing a bunch of mm-hmm. properties together. Uh, and I've, it's funny because I've complained before in the past. Complained. It's more like pointed out the fact that J.J. just kind of seems to have like the biggest most pervasive, like, fiction properties land in his lap. You right, know, yeah. Star Trek, Star Wars, and now, and now he's getting, now now he's dabbling in uh, in the DC stuff, too, like, with, with Superman. It's just, I feel like J.J. is just, he's he's a one-man reboot show, you know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's just, uh, everything's coming his way for whatever, everyone's, everything's turning up J.J. for whatever reason. Um. But what's interesting about this, and and again, this isn't surprising because I think that this, it's been a long time coming. I, I think that the the Snyderverse is going to be capped off with the Snyder Cut that's coming out very very soon. A few I'm weeks. So surprised, yeah, that's coming out so soon, and um, and we're gonna you know we're gonna get a new Superman, and I'm like, hey, that's cool, you know. Like I don't think Cal, uh, uh, Cavill got a got a fair shake. I'll be honest with you. I I think I'd I'd like to see him come back to the role but there's a rumor that this would this is actually going to be uh set up as like a black superman story okay and i'm like that's kind of cool because uh they do have like dc like they do have like the multiple earths and like earth 23 is the is uh uh calvin i think calvin ellis i think that's his name right and uh he's a black superman and i'm like that's that's cool like i, I think that'd be all right the, the the one thing that this does bring to mind though is when I was when I was more actively reading comics like week to week back in the nineties, there was a universe, I think it was called Milestone, and uh they had a hero called Icon. And he was kind of like a it, that that was his name. His name was Icon. He yeah. was kind of a, a black Superman, I guess, ish character, but an original character. Um and it was created by hang on, I want I think it's Dwayne Dwayne McDuffie. So I think Dwayne McDuffie is, is a, was a writer, and uh, he created I think this this universe. Yeah, yeah, Milestone yeah. Milestone universe. If yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Dwayne McDuffie. Yeah. So and he's written like he's written a lot of stuff that I've liked, but he created this universe. And there was this one story, and I can't remember 
it was a Justice League story or something. And I'm just like, I'm really going on fumes in terms of memory, but it really stands out to me because I, I remember when I read it, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Milestone kind of crossed over with DC and it happened from yeah. time to time. And uh, Icon shows up and Icon and Superman have this massive fight where like, you know, Icon like knocks him into space or something like that. But it turns out at the end of the book, the whole fight was a complete setup. Like they just did that in order to distract everyone from something else that was going on. And they really wanted to catch the, uh, like get everyone's eyes on them. Right. Something along those lines. And I can't remember the exact, you know, details of the story, but they're just chilling. And there's like the last few panels or the last few pages of the story is them just chilling up at the watchtower, I think in space and just like talking. And I was like, this is just fucking cool. I remember thinking how cool this was that these characters had crossed over. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and, uh, and icon was there. So, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, why not just do Icon? Because I think I think that would be super cool. <laughs> but um, but I think uh, you know if they go that route, they'll probably use uh, that Earth twenty three uh, Superman. How do you feel about this uh, Superman reboot in general? Um, I got mixed feelings. I mean, I like Cavill as Superman, um, and I agree that he. I don't think he got a fair shake. Um, I mean. I I truly believe that Man of Steel is very much misunderstood and not appreciated for the Superman movie that it is. Um, Batman versus Superman, I like for Batman. I don't like it for Superman because I don't think he mm. they gave him nearly enough interesting shit to do. He just kind of feel he felt it didn't feel like a Superman movie at all. It felt like a Batman movie starring Superman. You know what I mean? Like he just felt out of place. Yeah, I would have. I would have really have have enjoyed seeing a Man of Steel sequel with a with a an antagonist like Brainiac, for instance. Um, oh man, yeah, I think Brainiac would be. There are so many awesome. possibilities that yeah. you can do with a character like Brainiac, and I would love to see that. Um, Brainiac would be awesome. And even I, I don't mind Snyder being behind the helm for something like that, because I mean, frankly, his visual style I really really like. Um, but the thing is, you gamble with Snyder behind the behind the camera whether or not you're going to get a movie that makes any fucking sense or not. But yeah, I just I don't know. It's uh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm not a huge J.J. Abrams fan. I don't dislike him, but I'm also not like a rabid fan. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just I feel like he's a little pant not pandery, but. It's. I don't feel like he breaks the mold with a lot of stuff. Like his his work on yeah. Star Trek was good and it was fun and I enjoyed yeah. it. The stuff that he did with Star Wars, like he was more involved in the first, re, uh, the what is it, the seventh and the ninth, and I think was he heavily involved with the one that I hated. I I can't imagine that he, that he was. I don't I don't think he was. Yeah, um, I, and I, I think, think he was, was all Ryan Johnson. Right, yeah. and he was more of a producer on this on the Force Awakens, I believe. Right, he didn't direct that. No, no, he did. Oh, he did, did he direct he it? Directed the, yeah, oh, he directed the that Force Awakens. It. I mean, that's okay. I I feel like the Force Awakens is the most J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yes. Like safe play, uh, movie. Whereas we've talked about the third one at at. at, at, at uh, ad nauseum on, yeah. on, on this show, but uh, the first one he did, the first and third one he did direct. Yeah, yeah, okay. I I thought he produced the first one. I don't know why. No, um, no, no. But yeah, it's just it's 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 enjoyable. Like if he's taking on Superman, I know that. Well, I don't know, but I'm I'm pretty sure whatever I'll see, I'll enjoy for the most part. But it's not going to be anything that that's going to really make me think, or you know what I mean. Like it's not going to. 
that's yeah hard, I, hard to say like that's it's interesting you point that out because actually here uh you know my i remember my big thing was like man you're just giving everything to jj and he's just like why not just why not get somebody else to direct these movies like star trek star wars it's like yeah two space you know science fiction fantasy like series that have always been compared to each other and now they're now they're heavily involvement there's heavy involvement from the same person in both and i was like man let's really just let's let's try and diversify here if we if possible in this case he's just producing uh i think so you know somebody else is going to be at the helm and i think that uh they, they seem to have an interesting writer here so tanahisi coates um is is looks like uh, uh, sorry, I'm just reading from Joe Blow here. It's like, yeah, yeah. Coates is an acclaimed essayist, novelist, and comic book writer, penning outstanding runs on both Black Panther, Captain America, at, at Marvel Comics. So he's a comic book writer, which is pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, he's got the, um, you know, he's got that sort of uh, comic sensibility, which I think is, which is fine. So I, I'm kind of excited to see what they come up with because I think it will be off the beaten path, and I don't, I don't think it will be as you know homogenous as like you know JJ's directorial efforts. Right. Just gonna, it's just going to feel so like very samey. True. Um, I don't think it's going to be like that. I hope it, it's not like that. It really, I really want them to do something, you know, new and new and wonderful. Yeah. Uh, with 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 the series. So yeah. Uh, with sorry, with the character. Yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I that that's really what I want. Like. I I just want to see something that I haven't seen before. Um, I saw something in, something different with with Man of Steel, which I liked, and that's that's yeah. a big deal to me. Um, oh, yeah, and, I and totally agree. Batman versus Superman for what it was, at least tried to do something different. That's why I'm really excited by the Snyder Cut because I want to see what he does for better or worse. Like I could come out of it hating it, but at least they took a swing at something. That's the thing that I couldn't stand about the 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 theatrical cut of Justice League was. It was just it. It was such a safe play on every front that not only was it a safe play because they were trying to do something that just screamed Marvel, but they hadn't been doing that. And to pivot so hard on something like that—I mean, in your eyes, that would be something very much like what they did between the Last Jedi and sure, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. So that yeah. that was that for me. So to see what his vision is or was or whatever I, I it doesn't sound like snyder cut justice league's getting any kind of sequel after this 24-hour movie but it's yeah. gonna be at least we're seeing it and we're seeing yeah. it for what it, what he wants it to be which i like um to be honest i'm 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 getting a little more excited as days go by you know like i i wasn't really you know like we talked about this before i wasn't yeah. really you know asking for 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 this movie but you know, the more I see it, I'm like, hey, man, I'm I'm in. I'm going to watch the shit out of this. And, and uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And we'll do a review on the show. I think oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. That will be probably a return to to our uh, sort of regular movie or book reviews that, that we've done in the past. Yeah. Um, that's a good – actually, that's a good segue. So I think – and you can correct me if I'm wrong. We kind of talked about this a little bit before. I think we're going to try and get away from – reviewing stuff that is too new unless it's something that's like really in our wheelhouse right and i guess you know when comic book movies were actually coming out when theaters were open we'd have them at a more frequent pace but i think one thing that we're going to start looking at is back in one of our first episodes or one of our early episodes we talked about doing an alien retrospective oh boy you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna line this one up here. Oh, for another yeah. verbal contract that we're gonna we're not gonna cash in on. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. 
Uh, yeah, we. I think we're uh, we're we're looking to do kind of maybe not alien right away. At some point, I I do want to do that, but uh, especially because now that dis. Oh, this is uh, sorry, I'm going on a tangent now. Uh, Disney Plus just actually opened up their Star Line. It sounds That's like right, a, it yeah. sounds like a fucking airline. Uh, yeah. Star. Uh, which has a whole whack load of the 20th Century Fox properties that they bought. A which, whack load. Of whack load. Wh- whack, wh- whipping, whipping wind whack loads. Which, which includes uh, all of the Alien series. So it's a very good way for folks that have not been introduced to the Alien series and has Disney Plus to go and check them out for the inevitable, right. inevitable retrospective Uthel and I will be doing on this show. Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be two months from now? Is it going to be two years from now? We don't know. (laughs) Two years from now after we do a year-long hiatus. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Um, But yeah, yeah. no, the other one that we were talking about, and I I had spoken to a good friend of mine and a past guest on this show, Antoine, we're going to be talking about blade as well hell yeah and i'm excited about that you know why i'm so excited about that one i love i love being able to talk to um antoine in in this universe in a sense of like being on mic is kind of there's a thing about being on mic and there's a thing about having kind of a shared topic that the three of us are going to wrap on like i'm i'm really excited about that but he is also you and him are also the sources of one of my favorite moments of doing this podcast <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna say. Oh, Go oh ahead. Go ahead. no, no! It was it was we were do. I, it was the Spider-Man podcast. We were talking about <laughs> and 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 mentioning the fact that um, that you guys were going through your. I think it was you were going through your favorite Marvel movies. And yeah, he, we had asked him. Yeah, we we'd all kind of chimed in on. Our yeah, yeah. And yeah. he started off with Blade, and I just lost my shit because I knew oh I knew where this was going because you were such a fan of the Blade film, the yeah, first Blade. That's right. So, yeah. It, I, I remember when he said that. I'm just like, oh, this one's a keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Antoine, yeah. We're, we're, we're excited to have you uh, have you coming back. And uh, I'm excited to talk about these movies because, honestly, like, I have such different feelings about all three films. The first two are positive, and the third one is also positive. Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to, like, you know, I, 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 have, I have the same... F- I think I have the same outlook that you do. So actually, I think what for me connects the reason when we were talking about what to do next and what connects the Alien franchise, and when I mean the Alien franchise, kind of like the, the core four, you know, Alien films, right? And the Blade films. Uh, what connects those in my mind, and what I love about them, and what I'll always love about them is the fact that each one is so different. Yes. I love that all of these movies, they all took chances. They are every sequel was different. Whether I mean, your mileage is going to vary, of course. And especially when people when 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 creatives take, you know, and studios take chances on these big movies, you know, you're going to get you're going to get ones that are hits and then ones that are misses, right? But I I always appreciate them trying to do something different and trying to do something new. Blade 1, Blade 2, Blade Trinity all feel like totally different films. And that's so great. And I love that. And Alien, you know, Aliens, Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection, completely different directors. All visionary directors, by the way. Like, these guys are all top-tier artists in their own right. Yeah. Right? You Ridley Scott, James Cameron, uh, Dave Fincher, uh, although he'll say he didn't direct movie. 
um, as, uh, uh, and um, uh, Jean Pierre Genet for the third uh, for the fourth film, and I'm like, these are all uh, like really, really heavy creatives. And then you've got, I mean, arguably, I would say that the first two Blade films have the similar type of strong visions, like Stephen Norrington and Guillermo del Toro. And then the third one is directed by David Goyer, which I think is lacking some of that creativity and some of that some of that vision. Yeah. But the film still feels different and has its and it has its moments, right? right? It does it does things differently. So that's what I love about this, and that's why I do want to do these kind of like franchise retrospectives because they're so they're always interesting to talk about. Right. I don't think they'll ever not be interesting to talk about because they're so different. And also um, for for, yeah. for the audience, um, one of my biggest pieces of feedback with with folks I've spoken to that that listen to the podcast. First of all, thank you, and second of all, is yeah, I uh, you know do, I love it, it but big I, thank you. Yeah, it is one of those things that's like you know I I love it, but I can't listen to this episode for the next three weeks until I watch the movie. Um, but when you have movies that we're you know talking about that have been already released for potentially months or years or even decades mm-hmm. in the case mm-hmm. of some of them. Um, it 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 it's a lot either more accessible or it is something they've seen once, twice, or many times. So it's just something that uh, I feel like is a is a good way to be able to engage more folks as well. And I I personally like doing that. It's nice to know that what we do is being listened to. And if folks can't listen to it because they don't want to get you know get hit with a spoiler, then you know we got to respect that. And for sure, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think this is I think it's a great idea. I'm excited to do it. Hell yeah. I'm excited to have Antoine back on the show. I think that'll be that'll be awesome. I'm I'm ready for that one. And I'm gonna I'm probably gonna buy the 4K uh, UHD for Blade. I kind of been waiting for the right time to to buy it and 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 watch it. And if we're gonna do this, then that's a lock. I'm you gotta, gotta stop with that. your 4K flexing, sir. There is too much of that. Just say I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna just... watch it on my Blu-ray. Flexing the 4K, my friend. I'm gonna I find to, my VHS of Blade and throw that bitch in. That's what I'm I do have do. VHS. I know and you. But what? Here's the thing: the original Blade, and this is, you know, I'll probably say this again on the episode that we actually do. But the original Blade DVD I've got has like been run through the ringer. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just worn down. I've seen that movie so many times. Watched all the special features. It's nuts. Yeah. I do need a replacement, um, and it's gonna be on 4K UHD. Very That's good. the replacement. God. So. Man, you know, it's funny. I was making an Amazon list the other day, and I should have added a 4K Blu-ray player to that bitch. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I mean, I think I think it's worth it. It's becoming more... I mean, we've talked about it before. It's becoming more niche now, but it's uh, it's just really... it's uh, they've, they've got a you know, ton of special features, and it just looks pristine. Because you've got the yeah. TCL 4K. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. You bought the, the, the 55? 56? Or I'll get every 56? inch I can, you know. You know how it is. I do, um, but yeah, no, it's a beautiful, it's a it's a nice TV, and and you should try and make as you know as much use of it as you can. And I think they're coming down in price too. So yeah, yeah. Um, um, all right, what do you? I got, got another. I got another quick thing. Sure. Uh, we got a we got another trailer since the last time that we talked that kind of also made me smile, made me happy. Uh, Zack Snyder's been in the news a lot lately, obviously because of the Justice League movie that's coming out. But he also released a trailer for his new movie, his new new movie, like one he shot. You know, once and made once, and probably will only release once. Yeah. Um, it's called Army of the Dead. Did you see this trailer? I did. I saw it once. I was confused. Explain yeah. to me why I should like it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can explain to you why you should like it. <laughs> I I I watched it, and I was just again, I was happy that Zack Snyder is doing something 
that he uh, that's an original property. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, uh, I I I I'm just ha- I'm happy it's not you know uh, you know a superhero movie. I'm happy that it's I'm I'm kind of happy that it's got this sense. It's not dour. The movie doesn't look like a dour affair. It looks like fun. Like yeah. the movie looks like he's having a ton of fun. Yeah. And uh, and it's got that trademark Snyder look and feel to to the movie. And I'm like, yeah, because you know, you know, I might have my issues with like you know 300, let's say, but I enjoy that movie. Like you know, I enjoy 300, right? Right. So and that's got a distinct visual style. It's it's a comic book film. It's based on another property, but it's not like one that's open for that you know as much scrutiny and and nerd bitching and moaning as like a Superman or like a Batman or something like that. Sure. So I'm just kind of happy that he's making something original. It looks like fun. It looks like it's shot during the day. Yeah. That's always great. I like the colors, you know, like all of that stuff. I'm like, oh man, he just looks like he's having, he looks like he had fun making this movie. I know I'm gleaning a lot from like a, you know, a minute long teaser trailer. Yeah. (laughs) Like how Zack Snyder felt while making this movie. But it's it's kind of like I you know I want to think that and this trailer didn't didn't show me anything that made me not think that fair enough that way. right yeah it, it, I I I'm with you on that um what was the one that he directed the others was it day no what was the zombie one he did oh so yeah he did uh, Dawn of the Dead Dawn of the, the remake Dead. of Dawn of the Dead right yes. uh, George Romero's Dawn of the Dead yes um and that was one that was the first that was the first Zack Snyder movie I'd ever seen and I watched it a lot I own that one on dvd okay and uh um sorry does that not count as a flex it's 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 a single k at this point it's no longer a flex back when we were like rocking vhs and dvds that would have been a flex it would have been like calm down calm down with your your spinning discs (laughs) i understand how this works now but uh yeah that was another one my brother and i watched a lot and actually got us in you know back into the the sort of like the not back into like into the zombie genre it was uh the remake of Dawn of the Dead, and then uh, Shaun of the Dead, and then George Romero came out with his own, uh, you know, it, like the fourth film in his, like, Of the Dead franchise, which was uh, Land of the Dead, which we really liked as well. Um, so, so yeah, and I, I enjoyed Dawn of the Dead. It's very, it's, it's energetic, but it was also like, um, you know, I haven't seen it in years, though. So, who knows? Like, uh I gotta, I gotta watch that movie again. I, 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 you know what? Here's a, here's a thing that I don't, that I don't want to admit, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it anyway. I have not seen Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, or Dawn, uh, sorry, Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. I've not seen them in their entirety. Those are Romero's films. Those are Romero's like original trilogy. As we were talking about this, I realized I haven't seen even bits of them. I, well, no, really? that's not true. I've seen bits of them, but yeah, no, yeah. I've never seen them cohesively. I feel like we should do that. Yeah, we should totally do that because, uh, you know, I've seen parts of them and I've read a lot about them, but I've not seen them. And um, I think that's a sh- I think it's a shame. I think they're I think they're cool. I saw Land of the Dead and I really like Land of the Dead. Yeah. Um, and but I think that's really the only George Romero film I've seen. Oh, no, uh, I guess Creepshow is a George. The first Creepshow is a George Romero joint as well. Um but yeah, I mean, there it is. I mean, I'm a horror fan, and I haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, so I think, uh, uh, I think I deserve to be scolded. I, I'm not going to do it. 
Oh man, I forgot Ving Rhames was in uh, the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. I just like anything right, with Ving yeah. Rhames in. You know, he was part of. Did you? Did we ever watch the pilot for the CW Aquaman show that never? Oh, actually I happened? watched the shit out of that. You did. I'm a big Aquaman fan. Yeah. I watched the pilot. Yeah, yeah. And he is. He is in that. He is in it. I can confirm. That is. I can confirm that is that. absolutely true. His presence was <laughs> felt in that. In that. <laughs> in that movie oh boy i can i can barely remember it but i think that there was a siren involved in there that was first, uh, episode yeah, yeah. yeah. It, did, it wasn't it didn't seem like it was bad it wasn't it um, wasn't but, i i uh, think that people just couldn't get on look until you have jason momoa to legitimize your franchise i don't think you're you're gonna get a, an aquaman series off the fucking off, off. Oh, we got Ving, oh ving rams wasn't playing aquaman he should have been <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> can you imagine? Imagine Ving Rhames doing like dolphin kicks. He's just so big. <laughs> he's just he's just jumping out of the water, all playful, <laughs> you know. <laughs> if it's Ving Rhames making this oh noise, it's probably going to sound like this, dude. It's going to have to have a really. He is. For a dolphin voice, he's got a really deep dolphin voice. Oh I my think. god! Yeah, Ving Rhames is—he looks like he's made of granite. The thought of him moving, even sli- even swimming, like forget doing <laughs> yeah. any type of being in a pool and not just sinking to the bottom. Like you just recently watched Highlander. Remember when um, what's his name tries to drown McLeod? Yeah. And he just sinks to the bottom of the thing. He That's Ving Rhames. Just walks his ass right back. He's like, I can't swim. No, you can't you can't float. That's what you're he's he's built like a brick shit house. I um God, how can do we just can we just talk about Highlander for a second? Because <laughs> please. Because there is a scene in that movie That's that just a retro had me. Oh my god, sorry. It just yeah, go. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no go no. ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, that's right. a retrospective we should do. There are yeah. The first film is the first film, and the rest of them are not. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I haven't, I, I watched like like three quarters of it, and I haven't finished it all, all the way through yet. I haven't gotten to the ending. But like, it's not, it's not a bad movie. Like, it's, no. an, it's an 80s movie through and through. Yes. It's got some really fun ideas, some crazy special effects and crazy camera angles and yeah. stuff where they I'm just like, oh, this is kind of cool, like what they shot. But there are it's it's so eighties and it's like eighties New York too. Yes, so, yes, yes, yes. Uh it's like really seedy, kind of grimy and gross like Manhattan. And um there's this scene of this guy tooling up for whatever reason. He's got like a bunch of loaded guns in his back seat and he's driving around Manhattan, I don't know, looking for trouble. And uh, he just passes an alleyway and looks down the alleyway, and he just sees two random guys sword fighting in this alleyway. And he does like the biggest double take, and I'm like, that would be me. I'd be walking. If I was walking by an alley, and I looked in, and two guys were having this crazy sword fight, I'd be like, what the fuck? It was. It was just. It was just a great moment. And he like stops the car and like reverses it. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Highland, um, hi, the first yeah. Highlander film is a is super campy but super interesting. It, it it's a weird film. I mean, it's a oh, very it's weird, weird yeah. film. But like, the thing that has carried it as a franchise as long as it had through as it has, it's still kind of going on through what like maybe six sequels, give or take. And a TV series. And a TV, a TV series, yes. I, I think at least two or three seasons worth of a TV series. 
um, in which the first episode actually, uh, what's his name, Christopher Lambert actually showed up for, which oh, I remember was it for <laughs> blowing my mind, just like seeing him yeah. in a TV series. I was just like, usually that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, you could have easily renamed Highlander Mortal Kombat, and it would have fit. It would have fit it perfectly too. Like, yeah, you just find out. Uh, I keep I keep wanting to. Anyways, I. My 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 boss's last name is McLeod, so I keep wanting to. Oh. Say, I keep thinking his name every time I'm going to say it. Connor McLeod, the Connor Highlander. McLeod. Yeah. Um, he uh, he's the guy that. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Do you uh, do you ever like do you ever tell him that there can only be one? Do you do you ever tell him that? I I I don't. Though I think he would appreciate it. You should. You should absolutely do that. If there is ever a scenario. Where only one of you can do something. You've got to find this really specific social scenario where, um, you know, like, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I, I don't know what scenario would present this. But, like, if you can actually squeeze that line in at some point. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm you, sure like, I could try and find points. something. He's much smarter than I am. So, yeah. <laughs> Work with him on it. I think he can figure something out. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, anyway, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, people. <laughs> I like that that's a segue. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited by it. I'm excited by it. We'll see. I, I just, I don't get the the Las Vegas angle. I feel like that's a weird place. And it seems like a heist movie. Like, Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I'm like, that's why I kind of like it. I'm like, there's it's a heist movie. It's a zombie movie. I, I, I'm curious to know film. how somebody's going to heist zombies. Because I don't know that they're protecting their goods no I, I yeah i think they're just trying to break into a vault yeah. and i and i and as cheesy it is as it is i really do like the tagline for the movie it's probably just uh, meth survivors take all would you say i said it's probably just meth they're just probably going just after meth. Meth. yeah tons of it oh yeah. in a vault in vegas i guess so yeah, there you go <laughs> in vegas oh yeah, yeah okay that makes sense <laughs> oh um, god what do you got um I stumbled across something that made me laugh a great deal the other day. And actually, this was I got this pro tip from my brother. He sends me a message. It's just a URL to the CDC's site. And I, I CBC or the CDC? CDC, Center for Disease Control. Now, oh boy. I'm trying, I don't want to get Sounds too like fun. Well, okay. So I don't want to get too heavy on this podcast, right? I mean, we try to make things, we try to make light of things and try to take things with kind of, you know, a little bit of fun and try and make a few laughs. But this is a little bit, um, I don't know. It's it's kind of a heavy topic. But um, my brother sent me a message that said, the fuck is this? And it was cdc.gov slash zombie preparedness slash index.html. And the CDC posted articles about getting your zombie preparedness kit ready. Zombies. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a it's an actual gov site. Like yeah, site. it's on the CDC. Now I started digging into it a little bit more, and I realized that this is not new. This was posted back in 2011. And it really doesn't have anything to do with zombies at all, aside from the branding. And it's really just the CDC trying to push people to have a preparedness kit. 
Sure, like a survivor kit. Exactly. Or just in case of like natural disasters. Exactly. That's right. But it blew my mind that the CD fucking C had to go to the lengths of being like, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to put zombie preparedness kits. We're going to make a graphic novel about zombies. The CDC has on their website a graphic novel. Amazing. About zombies. Amazing. I think that's amazing. And that they need to, and they're pushing getting a preparedness kit ready for you. And yeah, like literally the CDC site, the very first header image on there is a zombie peering over a fence or something like that. Peering over something. It looks like the, the, cover, uh, the, the poster of the exorcist where you just see the exorcist girls. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that blew my mind that the CDC was like, look, people are pretty stupid. So we need to sell this. What's hot yeah, right a, now? Do, <laughs> oh, The Walking Dead? All right, listen. Zombie preparedness kits. Tell everybody zombies are going to happen. Put it on our website. Put like a tongue-in-cheek line every other sentence so smart people know we're not really just pitching that zombies are going to happen, but maybe some dum-dums are going to actually put together a preparedness kit because of this. Um, that's It's interesting that you say that. Um, I'm an interesting guy. Because- because, uh, I mean, if if you're expecting, like, an actual zombie preparedness kit and you get there and there's not with it, you might as well just, just you're just rickrolling everyone at that point. Just like, here's the... <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, what's the difference between kind of a disaster preparedness kit and a zombie preparedness kit is I think the difference is just offensive capability. And I'm sure... That's kind of what's left out of their kit, but everything else, maybe like, you know, like, you know, like generator stuff and like, you know, water and, you know, uh, per- like non-perishable food items. Yeah. And all yeah. this great stuff is in there. Yeah. That you would need for, I think there's a lot of overlap. So I, I don't think that's, they're, you know, that, they're that far <laughs> off. That's the thing um, is the amount of overlap is one to one for any other preparedness kit you'd want. Because the thing is, if this was a vampire apocalypse, they'd be telling you to get steaks, garlic, things you don't need during a pandemic where you're in lockdown during a hurricane. You don't need that much garlic. Who's making that much pasta, right? So so that's why you have to break it up in like it is a zombie because, you know, you don't there's no specificity with zombies. It's more about aim than uh, than weapon. Like a werewolf apocalypse, it's like everyone's just like hoarding silverware and handcuffs. Yeah, silver and a gallon of water per person per day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what more do you need? <laughs> that's, right? that's really it. Um. Anyway. Yeah, so that's that's interesting and and random. Sure, <laughs> no problem. I remember, like, I Mikey sent me that this morning, and I went, "Oh, I'm talking about this." <laughs> It's so crazy. I just the, yeah, crazy. the fact that it was on the CDC's website is what blew my mind. But I I also respect it. Like I think it's kind of yeah, a cool idea. Yeah, it's a very fun and cool idea. Like I do, I jest because it's just silly that they had they they would post something like that. Like when you go to the CDC, you expect to get the facts. And when you yeah. see a zombie girl on the front of a page, and you're like zombie preparedness kit, you're like, mm, okay, you know somebody's gonna treat that like it's the real thing, and then. They're going to have a problem on their hands, but you know, yeah, uh, you know, for for I think we can all enjoy that they're that they're they're trying to connect to their audience. I think they, but uh, right, yeah. Um, <laughs> video games. Ooh, moment. ooh. Trailer just came out that got me really, uh, you know, that got me cautiously optimistic about a new game coming out. What's you just that? Said, 
all fans of the Alien franchise. I'm a big fan of the Alien franchise. A new Alien game is coming out called Aliens Fire Team. Yeah. And it is a Left for Dead style game, which is honestly becoming a bit of an issue because a lot of these games that are coming out are all Left for Dead style games. Uh, Predator Hunting Grounds was like that as well, kind of a Left for Deadish thing, but it was an asymmetrical game where someone actually played as the Predator, right. and then the other folks played played as the, the fire team. Uh, in this game, you play as a team of three colonial marines, so this is based on aliens. It's not really bringing in any of the other uh, franchises, at least from what I could tell. I watched a, couple, a bit of gameplay. Right. It's all very, very James Cameron's aliens uh, right. driven. Uh, so you play as a fire team, different classes, different weapons, uh, and uh, basically you have to run through a stage. Very, like I said, Left for Dead, Vermintide-ish kind of feel feel to the game. And uh, that looks like fun. Like, it looks like a game that, that I would play. There are bots, which is nice. So, like, if you're playing on your own, the other two members of your fire team will be bots. And that's why I was able to play Vermintide. You know, most of the time, but if I wasn't right. playing with you or randos, I was, you know, like I could play on my own with bots. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it looks it looks like fun. It looks like they've got the smart gun in there. They've got the pulse rifle, the under, you know, the under grenade launcher attachment thing. So you got the weapons from the movie. They even got the turrets that you're able to set up. Uh, the hacking comes into play as well. Um, but you know, I can't help but thinking about. The, like the travesty that was Aliens Colonial Marines, that game that came out six years ago, maybe five years ago, maybe that's that's too long, I'm not sure. But basically, it looked. Uh, long story short, the game debuted uh, like uh, uh, a trailer at E3, and it looked amazing. And when it released, it was just like nothing. Yeah, like what they demoed, <laughs> which was obviously a complete uh, Bait and doctoring. Switch. Just for the demo. And it turned out to be a horrific game. Now, I never played that game because of like the horrific reviews, so I can't tell you how bad it was. I did read about it. I'm a huge Alien fan. I would have played it if it, you know, if it uh, you know, got better reviews. And that's the thing about video games and books is that I do do some research before I dive into a video game or a book because they take way, way longer than watching a movie. I'm way more open to films that, you know... Uh, I'll watch, you know, I'll watch a lot of anything because it's like two hours of your time. But if it's TV show, book, or it's a video game that takes, you know, could take 10, 12, 40 hours, 100 hours if you're me playing The Witcher, uh, your entire life. Jesus. Skyrim. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I, ne- I never played it. And I was really disappointed about, about what happened. But, you know, I do get a feeling that, like, these guys like the property, but I'm just cautiously optimistic. And... Did you see the trailer for this game? I did, yeah. Okay, here's what kind of bugs me about some Alien games, is that they're they're just so dark. Everything's dark. You know, and I get it. I, I love the Alien movies, and they are dark, you know? But I can't have every fucking level that I play look like the colony from LV426. I cannot. If every level looks like that, I'm going to get really bored really, really quick. You know, I've got to have a flashlight on all the time. I'm just going to be like, I'm, 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 it's really going to rub me the wrong way. Um, and what I saw there was a very faithful recreation of kind of what James Cameron built in his film, but it's almost so faithful that I'm like, this is boring now. Let's get, 
let's try and see so let's try and expand here and see something new right but, right uh, but yeah you know like i think uh I, I i you know if it's i'm cautiously optimistic i think it's a cool idea and i think that if it's good i think you might you and i will buy it we'll play it you know and i think we can we can have some fun with it but uh but yeah what, what's your take um i'm just re-watching the gameplay trailer right now actually it is yeah I actually I I agree with literally everything you said right now. Um, I'd want it, it's definitely a game that I'd want to play. It looks great. Um, it looks stiff. The yeah. actual like the yeah. players look very stiff. The aliens don't look particularly mobile. Um, no, they look they look pretty dynamic. It's more the the human characters I find. Oh, the so humans you're talking about. Yeah, okay. the humans themselves just kind of look very stiff. I I guess if it's going to be a first person, then probably won't be an issue. Oh, uh that's the other thing. Is it first uh, or third? It's a third it's a third person shooter, which I love. Okay. I love the fact that it's not first person because uh first person is m- I like seeing my character when I when I play a game. Yeah. And uh, first person is more likely to make me kind of like nauseous. Right. If anything. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it looks like a game I'd play. Um, I just got to find time. You know what we haven't done? We both, or no, I think I bought it, and the intent was that we would play Alien Isolation together oh, and yeah. do a review. I, dude, every, that, yeah. I've seen it so many times on my on my PS4 and just like, I want to play this, but I need to save it for the right you moment. Need to what? I, I need to save, save it? For oh, the right yeah, moment. you know. Like that's the same with this other game that I got that I started playing because I was just deathly curious, which is basically like a spiritual sequel to Until Dawn. Yes, which is one of the first episodes. Man of Medan on this show, and it yeah, the man from Medan. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. How do we do that now? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we got to get it on a Zoom call. I have to put pants on. It's just going to be a really weird thing. You can just shoot from the waist up if that's at all possible. Or from the waist down. <laughs> that's that's a different podcast. That you guys can catch me on my OnlyFans. www.onlyfans.com slash J Carcassoli. Oh my god. I'm just kidding. I'm not on OnlyFans. They can't afford me. Be. Um <laughs> So, anything else on the alien uh, alien fire? No, team? that that was it. I was just I was you know I was surprised to see it and I was pleasantly surprised. But I, I'll cautiously optimistic. I'll, I'm 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 looking out for it. I keep an eye. It's summer. The release date is summer uh, this year. Okay, nice. It'd be a nice time to do an alien retrospective. To be honest, if you want to tie it, uh, yeah, tie it in with playing the game, it'd be pretty cool to watch all the movies and play the game at the same time. I'd be in for that for sure. Oh, uh, another quick thing. Sure. Best alien game ever made, in my opinion. Alien vs. Predator 2 by Monolith. Okay, Monolith is the uh, a, a game studio that did. Um, hang on, I'm just gonna t- I'm gonna tell you what they did without sure making it up. Uh, a few of the games that they made. Uh, no one lives forever. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but um, Fear. Fear um, sounds familiar. Shadow of Mordor. They did. Oh, okay, um, yeah, yeah. They did uh, two games that I loved. Back in the day, Shogo Mobile Armor Division. That is great game. a terrible name. Uh, oh no, it's a great name. You just don't understand it, man. Mm. Uh, and uh, Alien vs. Alien vs. Predator Two. Okay. And that's a that's an excellent excellent first person shooter. You can play as all three uh, all three races. The multiplayer was strong in the game. The controls were tight. Uh, the 
the, the, the levels called out to every movie in the franchise, both Alien and Predator at the time. Great game. Really, really liked it. Uh, they never reached that high again with any of the Alien games. Haven't played Alien Isolation, but granted, that's a very different game. It's not an action game. So, Fair enough, yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you're looking for a good game, I hope they do like a remaster of that game. That'd be amazing. But nice. anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Cool. Um, speaking of video games, I started jumping back into EDF. Uh, what is it? Five, right? Oh, did you? Wow. I want to. I want to get back in there too. So man. you and I played it a little while ago, and I was so bummed because I think did we lose? I think we died in the level we were playing in. In any case, whatever it was, I was playing as the fencer character, and I realized my fencer was dog shit. And then I figured it out, and I think we can start passing some levels again. All right, buddy. For, Let's hear it. For those of you that do not know what we're talking, I think we did. We did an episode on EDF four, didn't we? I know. Yeah, we did Earth Defense Force four point one, <laughs> the sorrow of new despair, or something like that. I think that's the name of the. <clears throat> Was there <laughs> sorrow of new despair? Sounds like it's doubling down on the on the sadness, right? But I, <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. Anyways, but, was there a 4.0 or a 4? Or did they just skip there straight There was a to, 4 and oh. then there was a 4.1. Okay, so they did they did uh, graduate to 4.1. Great. That's correct, All yes. Right, minor version bump. So That's right. in the major version bump, um, the mechanics for the character that I play is the fencer is this fucking brick shit house. basically. It's just this giant character, two weapons per arm, four, four different weapons total. They move super slow. Um, but there are ways that you can find that you traverse the terrain very fast and they took away a hack that I had used in the previous game to basically fly around the map. And I was like, (laughs) damn it, I am screwed. And then I found a brand new hack and that sir has absolutely changed the game for me because I am tearing through levels right now. Not tearing through like occasionally, like I'll play like one level, like maybe a level a day which is yeah. like 10 minutes maybe of my time. Um, and it's it's really good. Like it's it's good to just jump in and just play around a bit. But I think that like we should jump back into that online play and maybe get another uh, another recording of the beach. If there's a, yeah, if there's a beach level. <laughs> there is, yeah, there is another beach level in this one. Uh, yeah, I was just recently watching the, the EDF 4.1 video we have on our YouTube channel, which is an Inferno, which is the highest difficulty setting in the game, and we did a run on that. And I was watching it, and I was getting sweaty palms just watching the video. I'm like, there's <laughs> at least three different times I thought I was going to die in this video, and I know how this video ends. I was there when it happened, <laughs> but I was still like, oh my god, I'm almost dead. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just watching a video, and I'm pretty sure we passed this level. Um so, but but yeah, I love that game. That game brings me brings me joy uh, uh, most of the time, and I, I finished it uh, over the while, while in pandemic like uh, pandemic mode. But it's more fun to play. It's 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 fun to play on your own. You can do that, but yeah. it's, it's way fun to play multiplayer. I yes, yeah, um, and also more frustrating because the the the, the difficulty scales, so it's harder. Yes. And god oh, yeah. damn, is it harder? And that's so frustrating when you lose. But, yes, uh, it's frustrating, but you get you get new insane weapons that you won't get if you play single player. That's true. Yeah, yeah. With the difficulty bump, like new insane weapons show up. But yeah, no, that's cool, man. It's a lot of fun. I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear it. Uh, I'm definitely down to to jump back on and start playing that again. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I got uh, I got one thing here. Uh, I've one of the, a director that I really enjoy 
you know, that I really enjoy his output um, is his name's Gore Verbinski. Okay, I know great that name. name. Yeah, Gore, and he uh, is back in the back in the game because he hasn't done a movie since a movie called A Cure for Wellness. Which actually, oddly enough, I haven't seen, uh, but I do I do want to watch. But I've seen his other films, and I think he's done he's done really great job on these other movies. But he's going to be and like what's the what the the crazy thing is that he's actually going to be directing something called Sand Kings, and um and oh, hold on, so so let me just make sure I got this right. So Sand Kings is a novel by George R R Martin. Okay, uh, who's the uh, who's the writer of uh, uh, Song of, I- of Ice and Fire, like Game of Thrones stuff? Right. Uh, from 1987. Okay, and it was a graphic novel, of DC Comics, in 19 19- and in 1995. And I'm like, where have I heard this before? This is weird. 1995. There was an episode of the show called The Outer Limits. Have you ever heard of a show called The Outer Limits? Yeah. Okay. There was an episode called Sand Sand King, starring Bo Bridges. Okay. Okay. And it was about this guy. And like, just listen to this crazy synopsis. And I remember watching this episode when I was younger and when this episode aired. And I remember loving it. I remember really loving it. And I thought it was scary and I thought it was funny and I thought it was. Um, and I really loved it. But I, I had no idea it was based on a novel. It was just an episode of the show. But listen to this synopsis. Okay. A wealthy playboy named Simon Crest collects dangerous exotic animals. One day he stumbles on a mysterious establishment called the Woe and Shade where he purchases a terrarium filled with four colonies of creatures called Sand Kings, which grow to fill whatever environment they're kept in. Each colony consists of a large female called the Maw and numerous insect-like mobiles that she controls via telepathy. In addition to finding food for the Maw, the mobiles also construct a sand castle around her to protect the Maw from invading colonies. Indeed, the four colonies, white, black, red, and orange, often engage in coordinated wars with one another, especially once their new owner makes them fight over food by starving them. Simon begins taking bets on the outcomes of these wars, which leads some of his friends impressed and others disgusted. Eventually, the Sand Kings escape Simon's terrarium and begin to take over his house as their hunger and Simon's desperation intensifies. Jesus. That just sounds like a... It sounds amazing. To me, I think that this concept is so cool. And if what I, I what I remember of the Outer Limits episode that was based on this property, I remember enjoying it a lot. And I'm actually going to try and seek that out. But not only is this really random, weird property that I have stuck strong visual memories stuck in my brain from the mid '90s, um, Gore Verbinski, a director I really I really like, is going to be taking it on. And uh, and another thing, another random thing. I would uh, Gore Verbinski. I think is like a great visual director. So he's done, um, uh, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first three movies. Uh, but he did uh, the Ring, which was like the American remake, uh, uh, which I re- which is also like visually striking. But he also did a movie called Rango, which I absolutely adore. I think Rango is such a good animated film. Uh, and you've told the story about that where some of the folks that you you were uh that you knew that were working on that movie when you were out in la at dreamworks called it dirt the movie which is an apt description there's a lot of dirt in that movie right um anyway long-winded explanation but but i like the guy he's a great visual director he should direct a star wars movie i've always been like 
Gore Verbinski's Star Wars, I would watch in a second. Absolutely. I think he's got a very unique visual style. Um, and Sand Kings. So that's the thing. There it is. Insects. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like betting on insect fights, basically. That's, what this... <laughs> that's the new cockfighting is insect fighting? Yeah. Yeah, you should see these things. They're huge. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um uh, apparently WandaVision broke Disney Plus. Do you see that? Uh no. So What do you mean? The uh the finale of WandaVision premiered I guess at midnight this morning. Uh we mm-hmm. we for those that don't know, we rec- were recording this today on uh, on a Friday and this is when WandaVision comes out, which by the way, we haven't really talked about. I don't you haven't been watching it, I'm assuming, right? I've I've just seen like bits and parts. Uh, Shabu's been been watching it. I have I have not. Yeah. Um, I I, I found yeah. it's gotten less interesting as time has gone on. The first few episodes were before they started telling us what was actually going on. Is all I'll say about it. It sure. was more ambiguous and interesting and weird and a few different things. But then when they start peppering in like, oh, this is what's happening. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to live up to a central mystery that's so intriguing. Yeah, it's exactly. All, it's hard to do. It's exactly, to exactly. So, game. but that being said, performances. Every but like the, the the show is the show looks great. It looks like a it looks like an Avengers film. Like in mm, terms of just mm. the look and feel of it, it's just it feels like the full you know the full power of a of a big budget film is behind the series. Um, but anyways, I digress. The thing that I thought was interesting was it looks like that brought down Disney Plus. So, oh no way! Yeah, and on episode seven, it also had a similar effect. Uh, it sounds like the outage was pretty small uh, at the time, but yeah, there was a there was a small outage that was generated by just the amount of traffic. So it looks like Disney Plus still has a little bit of stuff to work out. But like I said, the fact that they released um, this their star line, I guess again, it still sounds like an airline. Um, this star thing with all of the different 20th century Fox things, I'm strongly considering, like, maybe not strongly, that might be a strong word, given... It is a, <laughs> g- Given the inclusion strongly, of the word strong. Strongly seems like it is, in fact, strongly. Well, it had made me consider giving up my Netflix, but there's just too much good stuff on Netflix. So I, I'll just, I'll roll with the two. I had that conversation with Nish because I'd originally bought Disney Plus for my sister as a, as a gift and I, I paid for a year. And then um, that year expired and I'm like, I'm going to let this shit roll. There's plenty of good stuff on there. And uh, now that they just brought this in, I think they just like got me hook, line and sinker. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I mean they've, I mean they've got a wealth of properties, right? After mm-hmm. the purchase of Fox, and it's all their R-rated or non-family friendly properties, and it's a massive, massive library. There's no doubt. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, one yeah. other thing I wanted to call out too. Um, I think I've talked about this. Uh, I don't know if it's a com- I, I don't know company or whatever you want to call it, but. Um, this team, the the team uh, behind Bat and the Sun, they've done some Batman fan films. They've done the Superpower Beatdown yep. series. Yeah, we actually met them. I think we met Aaron. Oh, I, I'm gonna mispronounce the name. It's Shank Shanka Shanka or something like that. Aaron Shank. I I. Anyways, the son of the father who was actually, I believe, he was the director of a film called Patient J. Did you ever see that? 
Yeah, oh, a long time ago. Long time ago. Yeah, it's an older, it, definitely an older fan film. Um, of It was basically, it was about a 45-minute fan film about yeah. the Joker. Essentially, it was kind of an interview with, um, let's just say, an interviewer, because as the story progresses, you learn more about this person, uh, and the Joker. And you get to also see a few kind of flashback and flash-forward scenes with the characters, uh, Joker, Batman, and a few others. And... It's I, I it always blew me away. Like they've done a few things. They've done that. They did something called I want to say it's either dark, it's dark justice. I want to say or either dark justice or dark victory. Um, dark victory is the is the Batman uh, sequel to the Long Halloween. So I don't. It's probably not that. No. Uh, yeah. It's uh, I I don't want to screw it up because it's. Um, it's really quite incredible what they did. It's a really good Batman story on their channel. I'm, I'll I'll see if I can find it while I'm talking. But um, the reason I want to call it out is on uh, in a few days, I believe. I think the date that they've proposed right now is March eighth. Um, they're going to be coming up with something called Dying is Easy. Um, Dying is Easy is just a. It's basically uh, it was an Indiegogo and uh, crowdfunded effort. And it's starring Kevin Porter as Batman, who they've used for most, if not all, of their band, Batman incarnations. The guy is sure, yeah. six foot four. He's built like a brick shit house, and he's he's a very very excellent Batman. He's been in a few of their different things, both as Bruce Wayne and Batman, and he crushes it every single time. Um, but yeah, they have this this coming out right now. Uh, Aaron's going to be playing the role of Joker, which he's done a few times, and at least a superpower beatdown and more. Um, and he's a very interesting Joker. He's not the same guy that was in Patient J that I mentioned earlier. Right. Um, and uh, that was a I, Paul something. I can't remember the, the the gentleman's name that was in that. But um, City of Scars. That was the one I was thinking of. It wasn't Dark Justice. Dark Justice. Was City of Scars. Was that the that was the Red Hood thing? Wasn't it? No, no. I thought City of Scars was City of Scars. Also. Um, no, wait a second. I might be right. I'm, I'm sorry. I might be wrong. It might have been Dark Justice. I'm just trying to find it here. Sorry, I should have done this in advance, but uh, live with it. It'll be fine. It is dark. No, Dark Justice was a smaller... Uh... Come on, Justin. This isn't very interesting podcasting content. No, Dark Justice was... Uh... Yes, now I'm remembering. So, Dark Justice was kind of a very small, uh, smaller scale story. Um, I think it was an abduction of Barbara Gordon. And anyways, it was, it's, a, it's a cool visual, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely somewhat dated. The one I was talking about was definitely City of Scars. Um, right. And City of Scars is a very neat Batman film. It, it, it stars the same person that I mentioned that, uh, that played the Joker, and it is absolutely worth a watch. Um, it's a 30-minute fan film, so it's it's significantly long for you know something that's that's was probably just funded by them, and it looks great. Um, the asp or let me see what the resolution is here. It's probably not super high because this was probably put together, I'd say early 2000s maybe. Yeah, it looks like a 70, 70, 720p. Is that what you're talking? Yeah, about? yeah, it looks like it's 720p. Yeah. It's actually not bad. Patient J, I couldn't find anything that was 
good enough res to really write home about. But yeah, this Joker is pretty creepy here. I'm watching just like Insidious Scars. Yeah, he's yeah. he's that's the same uh, the same actor that uh, was in Patient J. Um, right. it's funny Aaron was on um, on Instagram live the other day because they're kind of he's you know talking about uh, the the upcoming uh, effort that they have and he mentioned uh, I, I had actually posted one of the comments about wanting to see a better you know if there's ever a chance to up to upload um, a high resolution version of patient J because all I could find right. is really low res and uh, it sounds like if you're on their Patreon, which I think it's only a few bucks a month, but you get access to all of those uh, at full full res. So anyways, that was a long-winded explanation for me to basically say, check out Bat in the Sun. Uh, it's all one word, Bat in the Sun on YouTube. They have a lot of cool shit on there. Like they've got videos on videos. And um, very soon they should be having, um, uh, what's it called? I forgot the name of it already. Where's my notes? They should have Dying is Easy coming out very, very soon, Dying which I'm easy. excited. Is there a trailer for it already? Or? I don't know if there's a full trailer for it. I've seen stills and a few uh, few clips that they've posted. I'm trying to stay in the dark because I'd like to see the whole thing, but I sure, do know sure, that yeah. the budget behind it was about $172,000, which is a big budget for something that, that's oh, yeah. essentially a, a fan film, it, but... This is this is top quality stuff. They do as good of a job as anybody can, including some of the filmmakers that we've seen of, you know, The Dark Knight on screen, on the silver screen. Yeah. They've done some really really good shit and I'm really excited for it. The the duration of it's about 22 minutes, so it's basically the same duration as any animated series episode you've seen. Sure, yeah. And um yeah, I'm really jacked to see it. Like like I said Aaron's a fantastic Joker. Um we talked a little bit about the Joker character a few episodes ago, I think, where it's interesting to see people kind of take different uh, different approaches to the character. And his is very much a more traditional um, interpretation, more in line with the comic books, sure, um, yeah. with a little bit of Mark Hamill kind of peppered in there. But nice. yeah, it's it's I'm super, super excited to see it. Uh, like I said, Kevin Porter's playing Batman, who is probably the most physically... Um, physically in line with the character that is in the comic books than anybody's ever played him before. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just seeing him here. He's jacked. He's huge. He's huge. He's like oh. six foot three, two hundred and something pounds. He's a giant. He's a fucking giant. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah, that's uh, dying is easy. Coming soon from Bat in the Sun. So check them out on YouTube. Sweet. All right, man. Well, it looks like we're getting to the top of the hour here. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty yeah. much it. Um, yeah, I, don't... I think we could probably close up. Yeah. Uh, I did want to say thank you to you. Um, you started um, putting out some of the videos that uh, or putting back content on YouTube. Um, I had to take a bit of a break from that just because we first we stopped recording video of us just because it was kind of a, a time suck at the time. Um, I think maybe we'll try and put together actual video content of us, but it's really just like, especially during the pandemic, it's just going to be us talking into a camera. So you're not really seeing too much interesting stuff from us really from a video feed perspective, but at the very least having the audio up on YouTube just gives, you know, listeners another opportunity to be able to listen on another platform. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, no worries. I think it's, uh, I think it's one way to, to, con to consume things. I know like, uh, some, 
family uh, members have said, hey, like, why, you know, want to hear some, some stuff. They don't use podcast applications or anything like that on their phone. Um, they just, you know, lo- it's easy for them to just, like, load up a YouTube video and listen. So, yeah, yeah, we'll get those up there. And if we can get video up there, get video up there. But, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, it's the you know the audio that uh, <laughs> that we do this for. Um, although you know you do you do have a pretty face, so I'd like to get that out there. It's a true. Bit more it is true. Yeah. For your uh, for you know to, if if anything, just to draw attention to your OnlyFans site. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like I should set up an OnlyFans, and it's just me on this podcast. You should. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make much money from it. <laughs> you you never know till you try. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I I don't think I have anything else here. That's yeah. basically. Yeah. Let's it, wrap it up. Thank you. Let's do it. You do it. All right. <laughs> I do it. I'm not gonna. You don't, don't want to wrap it. You don't want to wrap it up. I'll wrap it up. Fine. I'll wrap it up. This has been Uttal. <laughs> this has been Justin. Peace out. Thanks. We're wrapping everybody. it up. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> wrap it up and wrap it out. Peace. Oh God, we really need peace, to, we need peace. to know how to end this thing better. I don't know. We don't really have an ending shtick, so. No, I know. Maybe we really should develop like a, one. You know, click like and subscribe. Smash that button. Smash that like button. S- yeah. Smash that bell button, like the fucking hunchback of Notre Dame. Just smash it. Ring those bells. The bells. The bells. Oh no, Trudeau! All right, that's how I'm ending this episode. <laughs> Ended. <laughs>